Yeah. Did you enjoy your public holiday? Yeah. Come on. It's it's it's, it's kind of weird, isn't it? You know, I don't know. We, we've got um, like Ivana's in Brisbane and Hannah's in Moreton Bay, so it's sort of kind of weird with it, with the public holidays how it works for the Ecker, isn't it? We we went to Bribie. Uh, up there and uh, went forward driving on the beach. I still find it strange seeing kangaroos on the beach. And uh, I don't know what they eat when they're on... Are they going for the salt or... I, I don't know. But it, I, I was just thinking how beautiful Australia is and how blessed we are to live here and just what a fantastic country we live in. And uh, just maybe glad to live here and just, just maybe just say, God, thank you for this wonderful, wonderful place we live in. Right, let's kick off. You know, I don't know about you, have you ever had an injury, maybe a sore toe or a sore finger? Um, I don't know about you, but when you look at your finger or your toe, they're a pretty small part of your body, aren't they? Very small part of the body. Um, perhaps you've had an in-ground toenail. It's in the overall scheme of things of what could go wrong, it's not really a biggie, is it? But when it's happening, it's something else. Um, I've got, I have a friend who lost his big toe. They actually had to amputate it from an in-ground toenail. Um, and uh, it, it can be a big thing. I don't know, perhaps you've got up in the middle of the night for one of your angels and stepped on the Lego. And then done the Lego dance. You know the Lego dance? You hop around and, and then uh, kick the corner of the bed with that most sensitive part of the body, the little toe. My goodness, my goodness. I found a little red piece of Lego this week on the carpet, and I, I, I can't work it out because we, my kids haven't played with Lego for a few months, but there's just that one little square, that, that, that number one piece, uh, it's just something else. But you know, a number of years ago, I was doing a retaining wall with my dad, and we were using genuine uh, second-hand railway sleepers made out of hardwood, very, very heavy. And Glenn's done a bit of landscaping. He knows what I'm talking about. And uh, I miscalculated with the, the throw. You know, do the one, two, and three, or do you do it at one, two, and then throw? And anyway, I squashed my middle finger. It's still a bit misshapen. And um, it squashed like a banana. It just, and it just, yeah, I don't want to go into too much detail, right? But, but it squashed like a banana, and uh, my whole body shut down. Um, all I could think about and worry about was my middle finger. The finger became the center of my universe and the most important part of my body for about 24 hours. Um, and, and really, I, I don't actually think about my fingers a lot normally. I, I just I don't think about them much. But when it was hurting, I mean squash like a banana hurting, I was thinking about it. And after about 11 hours waiting at the emergency, the PA hospital, having it scrubbed out with a scrubbing brush, uh, having it bandaged, I was very, very careful with that finger for a couple of days and uh, I thought a lot about it my finger is not my whole body it's just a part but when it wasn't working properly it becomes a big focus and a huge part of my body's focus anyone know what I'm talking about yeah yeah our body is not a foot that has stepped on a leg on, on some lego in the middle of the night or kicked the side of the bear with a little toe or a finger squashed like a banana but a collection of incredible parts all linked together to do a job and to look after the whole. And if one part is hurt or not doing its job, the whole body hurts and the whole body suffers. Is that true? So let's read 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 26. It's quite a reading. 
I'm reading from the NIV and the kids sound like they're having a great time in there. I want to go in there. No, no, look at me. It's all good. Look at me. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Very excited. Hannah's bringing an offering message this morning. Okay, verse 12. Just as, bo- just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they're all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need to need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, and its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it if one part is honored every part rejoices with it we are all part of the body that's a metaphor for the church the wider church and more specifically right here the local church and i love paul's picture here so powerful and true the truth is for the body to operate in all its fullness and beauty and effectiveness every part must be working together and at capacity you know, we have all had an injury or a bad back, and, and, and we just become ineffective, uh, incapacitated. And, and church is the same when there is a hurting part or a part not able to do its job. Here at Hope City, we have an amazing group of people that serve from week to week. And I want to thank you. I want to thank, you know, all the people that come in early this morning. I got here and Dan's putting out chairs, you know. I want to thank everyone that serves at Hope City and does their bit. I know you love to serve and are living with a big heart, knowing that what you're doing, you're doing for Jesus. Today, I want to talk about serving the body and why we serve. If you're currently serving, that's fantastic. And, and I'm sure you have moments where, where when you're serving, you're thinking, gee, I don't know if I want to come today and get up early and do this. I know I sometimes do. And I hope today you just feel encouraged as to why you're doing what you're doing and feel encouraged. You know, I, I pray that we'll feel challenged to step up in the area of serving. If you're currently not serving somewhere in church, I hope today you'll feel challenged and encouraged on your journey to serve somewhere in the life of our church. Let's pray. God, as we look at the body, your body, we thank you for the amazing way you've put it together. You've brought us together to this body at Hope City. And God, I pray that you challenge us, God, and we wouldn't just shut our mind and go, well, I'm doing my best, and, and we'd open our hearts and our minds to what you want to say to us today. God, I pray that you challenge us to to use our gifts and and share them to build your body and build your house. In Jesus' name, amen. So why serve? And why is Paul talking here and using this picture here to explain how the church should operate? 
Well, he's written it to the church in Corinth. Um, and Corinth was sort of a pretty amazing church with lots and lots of people and lots and lots of gifts and people showing off with their gifts and serving and doing all kinds of things. And there's a bit of power play about some gifts. Thinking, some people thinking some gifts more important than others. And what Paul was trying to say is, no, 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 no. No gift's more important than others. All the gifts need to operate for us to be effective, and they're all important. Paul wanted to address everyone about the importance of all the gifts. The little toe is largely forgotten until it kicks the side of the bed. Um, our bowels, we don't think of them a lot until we go overseas and maybe uh, have a drink with some dodgy ice in it or eat something we shouldn't eat. And then all of a sudden, our bowels can become the center of our universe. Um, you know, I, I've heard it in some cultures, the bowels are the center of the emotions. And you say to someone, I love you with all my bowels. And if you've done a bit of extensive traveling, you might agree with that sentiment. And there has been times... I felt that way. But Paul's also writing this for us today, right here at Hope City. Why do you and I need to serve? Well, to put it bluntly, and this is not actually a reason to serve, if everyone that serves and volunteers here said, I'm not going to serve anymore, church would just stop. We'd just cease to exist. That, 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 that's, the, that's the facts. But because so many people serve and give and sow and love, we have church every Sunday which I just think is amazing. I think I do. I think it's amazing. I think we should just give God a, a round of applause and thank God right now. Thank our volunteers and everyone that serves. But that's a fact. But that is not a reason to serve. You know, I, I, um, I serve at, on Patrick's Road Chaplains Committee. I'm actually the chair there. And uh, everyone there on that committee is a volunteer and they serve because we believe in what our chaplains are doing at the school. And again, if, if we all decided we're not going to volunteer and serve, that committee would just shut down and we wouldn't have chaplains in the school. Um, but I, I truly don't believe we should serve out of obligation or manipulation or out of a sense of wanting to control something. We should serve out of joy and a love and passion for what we're doing. Seeing the value of what we're doing. I passionately believe in what our school chaplains are doing at Patrick's Road State School, bringing pastoral care, uh, help to people in that community there, bringing a sense of community and love in that school. And so that is why I serve at the Patrick's Road uh, Chappie Committee. That's why I get up there early and set up barbecues and flip burgers and pancakes. And next Sunday, I'm doing the British to Brisbane. Can't believe I agreed to that right now. But um, anyway, see how I am next Sunday. But, you know, when, when, when we put out chairs here on Sunday mornings, you know, putting out tables, we're not just putting out furniture. You know, if you're just, you know, you, you, that's not what you're doing. You put out tables and chairs so people can connect with God and people. You're helping to facilitate meaningful connection. We're not just putting out chairs. Yeah, we, that's the function, but the reason we're doing it is so people can connect and spend time together and, uh, you know, we can build meaningful connection. So why do we serve? Well, it's good for your soul. You know, studies have shown that volunteering is so good for the mind and body that it can ease symptoms of stress and depression. Tapping into our gifts and passions builds self-confidence, energy, and strength. You know, if you're feeling tired right now, perhaps you need to serve some more. You know, like, you know serving actually refreshes you and energizes you. Um, we make all sorts of uh, rational explanations for not serving, don't we? You know, I don't have time. I don't know what I would do. I don't have any special skills to contribute. They don't need me. I'm so tired already. 
But the reality is God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. God used men and women with similar doubts to change the course of history. You know, Moses didn't think he was any good. He didn't think he was a good leader. He felt disqualified. He couldn't speak very well. Uh, or didn't feel like he could speak very well. But God worked through Moses to bring Israel out of 400 years of slavery. You know, David was the youngest of all his brothers. He was looked down upon. He was actually forgotten. I, I, I sometimes think about that, you know, uh, of someone that could have a complex. You know, like, you know, when, when the prophet showed up to anoint one of the boys, they brought out everyone. And then the prophet goes, oh, God said no to all of them. Is there anyone else? Oh, there is one else. We don't really consider him a son or a brother. or He's just worthless. We just left him out in the field. I mean, it doesn't use those words, but all the body language is saying that. And yet God used David, the youngest of all his brothers, and uh, worked through David to defeat a giant and eventually made him a king. You know, Peter in the New Testament, had uh, it was a bit of a hothead. He used to let his mouth run away and uh, get himself in a bit of trouble. But, you know, he was a real person and, and had a real heart for the things of God, and God used him in a mighty way. I think of Paul and his past, his mistakes. I mean, he was essentially a terrorist. Uh, he used to kill Christians before he met Jesus. But he went on to write the biggest portion of the New Testament, plant many, many churches, and uh, did an amazing work. And uh, God used him as a great missionary. God doesn't just want to work through us. He wants to work in us. So why serve? Well, I think we're blessed when we serve. We shouldn't serve just because there's a need or a gap somewhere. That might get you looking. That might get you interested. But really want to serve out of a heart that wants to do something right for God. Wants to, we want to serve from a place of joy. But the good news is when we serve, we're blessed. Our lives, uh, we, we need to live in a place where we're doing something, where we're making a change. It, it's the reason we do the things we do, because we want to connect with people. We chase promotions and leadership positions because we want to make a difference. We encourage our kids to go to school, go to university, to get a good job, to earn money, to help people. And, and, and you know, money's good. It's not all bad. We want to surrender to God. We can use it to do a lot of good things. But we need uh, something to live for, a way to live where we have purpose and we use our money to help others. We use our money to sow into the things of God. But money in itself and, and, and work isn't what brings us life. If we want a sense of purpose, we need to be serving in somewhere, serving others and helping others. And we'll be, honestly, we'll be so, so blessed. Ephesians 4 says, God made each one of us with unique talents, personalities and skill sets. When we ask Jesus into our lives, we're given at least one gift that we need to use to extend God's kingdom. God's given us talents and gifts and abilities to build his church. And I truly believe we are not living if we're not serving in the kingdom of God. Serving allows us to experience miracles. When we get with God and we're serving, sowing in the church, we're getting involved, we're listening to Jesus, we can see miracles. I think of the guys at, at Jesus' first miracle. You've got the guys getting married. You've got everyone at the party. But the people that saw the miracle were the people serving. When Jesus, well, they ran out of wine, they had some heavy drinkers at that party. And um, they, there was a bit of panic on. There was... No wine left. And so Jesus said, come fill up those big water barrels, those big jars. Fill them up to the top. And when they filled them up with water, Jesus did a miracle and it turned into wine. And the people that saw the miracle were the servants. 
Do you want to see miracles? Who wants to see more miracles? Well, let's serve. Let's step up in our serving. Serving allows us to experience the joy and peace that comes from obedience and serving God and following God. And 1 Peter 4 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful students, uh, sorry, stewards of God's grace in its various forms, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Serving is a form of worship. It's a way to express gratitude for what Jesus has done for us and to share the love and grace we've been given. Why serve? I think when we're serving, we become more like Jesus when we serve. We shift our focus off ourselves and onto others through serving. We begin to see others as Jesus sees them. You know, I, I think so often we get caught up in our own problems and our own lives and our own small world. But when we actually step out and start serving others, we start seeing God in others. You know, we're actually all created in the image of God. No, even the person that at times we may look down upon, we may look at them and go, oh, wow, look at that person. You know, they're created in the image of Almighty God. And we need to see God in each of us. Why serve? Well, serving surrounds us with other Christians who can help us follow Jesus. When we're working side by side, I think there's something really powerful about working and serving side by side. I, I know uh, recently we went over to Vietnam and just going along there as part of a team, there's a closeness, there's a bond that develops, there's a unity. It, it, I think it's supernatural. I really believe it's supernatural. There's an emotional, powerful, spiritual bond that forms as you're serving on that team. There's an anointing, I believe, that actually comes on the team. And, uh, you, you, you know, God, God just deals with stuff. Uh, he, he brings stuff to service. And he deals with it, and we grow in character because we have to, and and it, it actually fast tracks our discipleship with God, and God does something amazing. And there's nothing like serving in a team. It's just it's a part of I believe part of our discipleship. You know, Jesus said, "Go into all the world and make disciples." We're called to be disciples, followers of Jesus, apprentices, and living like Jesus. And I believe serving in a team spurs us on toward love and good deeds as, as Hebrews 10 challenges to do. It's a fundamental part of discipleship. We cannot become a disciple of Jesus on our own. We need people around us. I need Glenn around me to help disciple me and he needs me. He doesn't think it sometimes maybe, but, but he needs it. Catherine reminds him of that every day that she, you know, she, she, he needs her to help disciple. But you know, we need each other and, and serving on team, we grow in character and in our discipleship. Serving increases our faith. As we move out of our comfort zones, God increases our faith by revealing new potential. You know, when we serve and we step out of that comfortable place of where we are into a new area, our faith grows because it has to. When we see what we can do when his power is at work with us, we begin looking for the doors he's opening rather than trying to push through doors he's closed. Serving allows us to experience God's presence in new ways. You know, encouragement and healing go hand in hand. As we encourage others and they find healing, we're encouraged. It's the reason so many people go on a mission trip. And you're on the mission trip, and it costs some money to go on a mission trip, you know. Um, you know, it costs some money, some investment, a whole sacrifice of time and work, and we go over there to do stuff. Uh, when we're in Vietnam, we're building playgrounds. 
uh, for kids in schools. It was incredible just to see the joy on children's faces as, as they lined up to go on those playgrounds. But you always come away from a mission trip feeling like you received more than you gave. It's a supernatural thing. I, I, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. It just makes God sense. It just makes God sense. God wants to, is more interested in, in what he can do in you than what he can do through you. You know, a few weeks ago I shared that there are a whole lot of great organizations in the world doing great things, serving and helping people around the world, and they don't even know God. But they know they need to make a difference. I think in each one of us there's a desire and a need to serve and help others. I actually I think we're created to serve and to worship God, and, and we have a need in us to help others. You know, we have an ache in our hearts to fix things, make it better. And there's a longing and a desire for what once was. The phantom pain of the missing piece or the missing limb. We know things are just meant to be better, much, much better. So my question is, where can you serve? We've never seen a world without poverty, but we know it's possible and it's supposed to be. We've never seen a world without sickness or disease, but we have an aching and a desire to see it, to see it change because we know it's not supposed to be this way. Uh, we, we, we've known it was different before. Um, Hannah was challenging me this week listening to the, the radio, you know, is it the Fred, you know, the I thing? You know, for $30, Dad, for $30, we give $30, someone can have their sight. Dad, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Yeah, they've got to do this now. But, but I think it's great. You know, there's a desire. You know, we can actually make a difference here. And I love that excitement, that passion, because that's something God's put in our hearts. I shared how um, when I was in Vietnam, I went to the dentist. And um, I love this dentist practice where it was started by American expats uh, from the Army and Navy and it was a desire of the people there to bring better oral health to the people of Vietnam and raise up Vietnamese locals in dentistry because they want to make a difference. There's a need in their hearts to make a difference. You and I need to make a difference in our world. So my question is, where can you serve? I believe when we aren't stepping out and serving others, we aren't truly living and we will never find meaning and purpose and fulfillment if we aren't serving others and stepping out somewhere serving others today i want to challenge each of us to pray about what we are doing and what god wants us to do can i invite the band up i'm nearly finished my challenge is to each one of us where are you serving could you serve more are you serving where you should be serving? Are you operating out of your gifts? It's, it's one thing, you know, we, we, there are seasons in each of our lives, honestly, where we sometimes have to step into another role for, for a period that might not be the optimum place for us to serve from. And that's okay for a season. But I also believe that's a place of burnout over long term. Like if you're not operating out of your strength and your gifting, then that will burn you out. So my, I just want to challenge you. If, you know, are you serving where you should be serving? Perhaps I'm not serving. So God, how can I build your house? How can I serve? Can we stand?
we just close our eyes and hold out our hands to God? Just an attitude of receiving from God and, and hearing from Him. My prayer is that we'd ask God, how do you want to use me, God? Right now, God, we, we make the decision to surrender afresh to you, God. We say, God, not my will be done, but yours be done. God, use me to extend your kingdom. My prayer is, your will be done, God, on this earth as it is in heaven. I know, God, if I seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, you'll look after everything else. So, God, I'm going to stop focusing on my kingdom. I'm going to stop focusing on my needs and my kingdom and my wants. God, I put that aside. And, God, I, I fix my eyes on you, Jesus. God, I'm going to make your kingdom number one. Where I've got distracted by the things of the world and my own desires, God, I, I just right now... Those distractions, God, just bring them to mind and anything that's distracting me or taking my eyes off you, God, I just surrender it to you now. In Jesus' name. God, where do you want me to serve? Honestly, it's when we come together in unity as a whole body to serve, we operate from a place of strength. Each of us operating from our gifting building the church, building and seeking the kingdom of God. It's in this place of unity. People will tr truly see Jesus and we'll begin to really grow. This morning, if you're someone serving already, again, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for your faithfulness, your hard work and your sacrifice. I hope today you feel blessed knowing why you serve and that in your serving, you're building the kingdom of God here in the Hills District. And as you're serving, you're growing in your discipleship and your relationship with others. And God is pleased with you. And I want to say thank you. For those of us that are maybe new and we're not serving yet, I just pray that you'll be challenged and encouraged on your journey of serving. Because here at Hope City, we don't come to church. We are the church. The church is you and me. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for the church. Thank you, Lord, that you've called us. Lord, we pray your kingdom come right here in the Hills District. Use us, we pray. Shine through us, Lord. We want to be salt and light. Bring your God colors into our world. Oh, Lord. Lord, we just, I just thank you for Hope City Church, Lord. Thank you for every person here this morning, God. I just pray your blessing on every one of us here, the children next door, God. I just pray your blessing. May we know our part, our place in the body. Lord, we want to live. We want to live a life that matters. We want to make a difference right here in the Hills District and to the ends of the earth, Lord, to Cambodia, Vietnam, and other places, Lord. God, use us, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Let's sing.
Amazing grace.